Hey guys, a quick programming note. This is the first part of a two-episode series on Tether, which is one of the largest stable coins in the market. In this episode, we will talk about what exactly is Tether, how it's different from other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, the Doggy coins, and also how stable coins work. We'll also talk about the internal functionings of the crypto exchanges, like what happens when you're buying a Bitcoin. with your real money the real money is first getting converted into a stable coin and then st- that stable coin is used to buy the cryptocurrency so we'll talk about that in detail and we'll answer the big question where is tether keeping the money like that's the 69 billion dollar question that everyone has right now so you know a lot of stuff is going to be covered in this episode stay tuned and yeah let's get on with it It's Saturday, October sixteenth. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host Sid, and joining me today in the studio is Anmol Gandhi to talk about cryptocurrencies and stable coins and stuff like that. And Anmol is my man when it comes to cryptocurrency. So, Anmol, it's a pleasure to have you. We are doing this show after a very long time. So happy to have you. Happy to be here. Um, it's going to be. very nice today we have a very good topic very controversial in crypto in the crypto world in the crypto circles so it's going to be very fun definitely and this week we are going to be talking about a cryptocurrency known as tether which is a stable coin we'll we'll talk about everything like you know what exactly is tether what is a stable coin but for now you need to know that there are currently 69 billion dollars worth of tethers in circulation and tether is issued by a company called tether holdings and for every tether that they issue they have to maintain an equivalent amount of real money in reserves so for example if they have issued 69 billion dollars of tethers then they need to have that 69 billion dollars in their reserves but what is interesting is that as per a recent report published by bloomberg on october 7th tether holdings might not have that money so <laughs> effectively what that means is that if you own tether right now and if you want to convert it into dollars again the company might not be able to pay you back you might be stuck with tether and you know you might not actually get your dollars worth of money back again this is a very controversial topic like anmol mentioned we don't know what is true we don't know if it's a rumor so we'll talk about that and i don't need to tell you what happens when people don't get their money back like you know the result is sheer panic and if tether collapses it could also send shock waves into the heart of all cryptocurrencies i think even the stock markets might get impacted so it is a very big iceberg i would say like we can only see the tip of it right now and we we can't see what's beneath the surface So anyways we'll talk about this in greater depth later on in the show but first Anmol I want to understand from you what exactly is tether because I have heard about this only in the past few weeks when I started researching for the show I've heard of bitcoin ethereum and even you know the the doggy coins like the doge coin <laughs> the shibu shibu I don't know what's the full name but is this a new cryptocurrency that has emerged and how is it different from bitcoin ethereum so it definitely for starters is not new so tether is what is called a stable coin 
and a stable coin is basically it is a cryptocurrency it exists on a blockchain so it is it's all about that blockchain but basically instead of its value being volatile so like bitcoin ethereum and dogecoin like you mentioned their prices are determined entirely by demand and supply people are buying people are selling the way that they are buying and selling determines if the price is going up or down but with a stable coin like the name implies it's supposed to be stable so a stable coin essentially has its value value pegged to a physical commodity so in this case tether is pegged to the us dollar so theoretically one unit of tether so one tether dollar or one usdt is always worth one us dollar fiat currency paper notes mm. but there are other stable coins as well whose collaterals are gold silver it can be anything as long as you can physically back it up if you have something it, the collateral can be other cryptocurrencies as well so we'll talk about that later but there are cryptocurrencies called algorithmic stable coins which essentially don't maintain reserves but they just maintain the value of their peg based on demand and supply of the stable coin so why does why does tether exist so as you know going from fiat to cryptocurrency you're going you're literally transacting in a different currency and there is hmm. previous previously there used to be some liquidity in that market but now the liquidity there has dried up relatively you can still do transactions directly but what is a lot more convenient for consumers nowadays is to hold stable coins so if you have 50 dollars for example and you want to average into a position into bitcoin so you say that you want to purchase 10 dollars every week if you decide to use fiat currency then you're going to have to wire those 10 dollars every week to the exchange who's then going to take their own time to credit that money to your account and in short you can understand it's a hassle if you have stable coins you buy the stable coin the exchange receives your money and you're holding that same value you're still holding your 50 dollars that you had in the beginning it's just digital now it's on a blockchain and then you don't have to worry about any of that whenever you want to buy bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency with a stable coin chances are it's less than two or three clicks that's all it's going to take and you can you can have your cryptocurrency ready to use hmm i used to like this is a new revelation to me because i used to think that so i have not bought any cryptocurrency till this point but my friends who have i used to think that they would register in a crypto exchange they would deposit their fiat currency in that exchange and they would directly get bitcoin ethereum whatever but you are saying that this is a process which works internally inside the exchanges so if you are buying a bitcoin you are not directly buying a bitcoin first you are buying a stable coin and then you get a bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is is that how it works so there are both ways you can still transact directly in fiat currency nothing is stopping you from doing that and in fact in india with the emergence of new exchanges there are inr markets specifically but outside india generally the norm is to use stable coin pairs and stable coin trading markets because people who trade with uh, margin or leverage as well stable coins can be used for them for their collateral their leverage trades as well so stable coin essentially are very versatile in their nature because theoretically stable coins are 1 dollar if if it's if it's back to 1 us dollar then 1 unit of a stable coin is 1 dollar that is very good in terms of re, uh, remitting money outside the country sending money generally well if you would use a service like western union for example where it would take you 3 days 
and it would take you it would charge you 30 35 in fees in that case the use case is present and is prevalent it is very easy to transfer money but specifically with account to cryptocurrencies you can you can use fiat currency as well it's just that stable coins provide you that extra convenience because you have that money ready to go on your exchange you have you don't have to keep sending that money in you can mm. because as a part of the blockchain you can verify that an address holds a cryptocurrency using block explorer so there is that sort of added uh, sense of security understood so if i could just summarize what you've told me a stable coin is pegged to the us dollar one tether is equal to one usd so let's say if i want to buy some bitcoins i deposit my real money with a crypto exchange i buy tether now using that tether i can buy a range of other cryptocurrencies like bitcoin dogecoin whatever whatever is working right now and then let's say i make profits like my cryptocurrency increases in value then if i want to sell it my bitcoin will first get converted into tether and then i can sell this tether to get real money in my bank again that's how precisely the transaction would work out but like this is where it gets interesting and this is what i really want to talk about in this episode as per that bloomberg report that was published on october 7th it's basically saying that tether holdings might not have that real money to pay me back so if when i convert that tether into real money into us dollars they wouldn't be able to pay me back so what's your take on this what's the story here and this is the billion dollar question that everyone is wondering about where exactly is tether keeping its money so what's what's your take on this report by bloomberg the report has obviously brought on some great points firstly though the fractional reserve system as the report is claiming it isn't entirely new nor is it illegal in fact most of the banks that we use in our daily lives do operate on the fractional reserve system after the great financial crisis of 2008 the us asked for regulate uh, regulations on the minimum reserves that banks have to hold but it varies from 6% to 14% to 18% the point being that even the trusted bank so to say that you keep your money with even they don't have 100% of your money so theoretically if there was a run on the bank if everyone wanted to withdraw all at once the no not everyone would be able to get their money back but the only difference is those banks when they are operating with the fractional reserve system they are heavily regulated especially like i said after the great financial crisis they are heavily regulated their reserves are checked upon every year they are supposed to publish reports every year which say that if everyone wants to withdraw their money at the same time if something happens like this what's your plan of action how are you going to tackle it so banks have that level of responsibility that they need to be aware of what they can do they can't get too greedy with the reserve with the money they have but with mm-hmm. tether because cryptocurrency and stable coins in particular are such unregulated territories it has essentially very little regulation and tether is so big in size now we the consumer the average consumer we we don't deal directly with tether anymore it's very rare rather what you do is you deal with an exchange who then has their connections with tether so if you're dealing with uh, wazirx for example so binance is uh, binance has ownership in wazirx so binance has connections with tether so based on the demand that binance and wazirx are showing binance then asks tether to get that money for it it's not us so in an ideal world 
if you if you were holding tether on on a crypto exchange and then you decided okay i've had enough i want my money back finance or tether would buy your tether from you and they would give you fiat money which would then be deposited into your bank account and so far no one has really reported that this has not worked but there are still a lot of questions with tether with how it's handled its reserves and there are numerous lawsuits still going on against tether and there are 70 billion dollars of tether tokens issued on the blockchain and it's issued on various blockchain this is issued mm. on ethereum's blockchain and tron and multitudes but essentially 70 billion dollars of pretty much unaccounted money <laughs> that's a massive amount and i i remember you were also telling that they they've used this money to like basically there's there's a connection with china somewhere like there's a connection with the evergrand group which is again in a big big mess right now and no one is going to give them money and there is a rumor that tether had bought evergrand's commercial paper or some other real estate chinese real estate commercial paper which is very risky i would say so where is the money this 69 billion dollars that tether might have received when people or exchanges bought tether from them where exactly is this money parked right now like do you do you have that break up or do we know about where exactly that money is with stable coins um while this is not entirely regulated for their own sake and for transparency and for assuring the customers a lot of stable coin issuers issue what are called attestation reports every month so what that says is it's essentially a third party so either an auditor or an accountant just signing off saying that the, uh, these many tokens are on the blockchain and we are putting it in writing that they have the money to satisfy any claims that come up with the reserve so they have the reserve to back the tokens but what the deal with tether is is that its attestations are done by a very small a uh, company very small auditing company in the bahamas who have no history prior <laughs> to that so for for example um, usdc which is a competitor of tether it's uh, managed by circle they get their attestation report signed off by grand thornton which is a very reputable company so to speak that we know that they they have we basically we know that they exist with Because tether's like, company a lot of people didn't even know that that company existed that could be a shell company like that could be a company it which very was... well could be yeah and because it is in the bahamas i'm not i'm in sure it's no coincidence that it, it's in a tax haven hmm. uh, well it's very hard to subpoena records or just get access to records so it is not very reassuring there but even after that so on the attestation report they didn't so the attestation reports that tether used to publish previously just said that they have enough money so that, that they just put a piece, put it on a piece of paper that there are for example 2 billion dollars of tether tokens outstanding and they have 2 billion dollars in assets therefore it is 100% back after a few cases against it, a lawsuit in particular by the new york attorney general they started publishing a detailed report of their results their level of detail was just one page with a pie chart but something <laughs> is better than nothing so in in there that this happened when tether was worth 30 billion dollars this was when the first attestation report came out so back then they said that out of that 30 billion dollars they had 50% roughly 50% in commercial paper which is not very stable hmm and the thing with tether is because of its previous history a lot of 
the the general perception around tether is that it's very dubious and shady and it's best if you don't do business with them so if they bought 30 billion dollars of commercial paper naturally someone on wall street had to know there are people who dedicate their 9 to 5 jobs whose entire jobs whose entire weeks are spent looking at commercial paper markets bond markets so someone would have gotten some something around that that tether is buying mm. up commercial paper but no one on wall street has heard of tether no one on wall street has heard of them buying any commercial paper so this is where the chinese theory comes in the chinese real estate market because no you know self respecting firm or no relatively transparent or no ethical firm would want to do business with tether and tether obviously had 30 billion dollars of cash that it wanted it wanted to put somewhere productive one of the logical conclusions is the chinese real estate market because that has been distressed for a while it's not just now this has been distressed for a few years now mm. and they are desperate enough to take money from anywhere and tether just finally found someone who can take their money who's who isn't just saying no to them straight out of the door so this is just speculation but i i do feel personally that this is there is some merit to this theory so when basically when the evergrand situation started boiling up tether came out and said specifically we don't hold any ever evergrand commercial paper but they did not rule out either chinese or chinese real estate they just specifically named the evergrand group and said we don't own any evergrand group commercial paper but mm. everything else is basically up to your imagination and again that would be attested by that audit firm in bahamas so we really have no clue as to what they're saying is true or not and like yeah. people people have to believe whatever they say and if a greater audit is done by let's say you know a reputed firm and they find something else then again you know they could be in trouble so right now it's just believing whatever the company says they have their reserves in we like literally no one has an idea where that money is right now it could actually be 100% in evergrand and we might still not know that yeah no. and it's it's not it, it it doesn't even stop there so firstly their uh, audits their attestation reports are done by small accountancy company in the bahamas which is pretty dubious to start off it but then even then in the report they say that some of the financial information provided in the report is i'm quoting them outside their jurisdiction and thus they cannot assure if it is the truth or not <laughs> so <laughs> i have been an auditor for 2 years and i would not trust that report let me tell you yeah that. for for all intents and purposes they might be working off out of the same office exactly exactly and like just listening to you what i can understand is that this company tether holdings is basically functioning like a bank where you know the depositors are the exchanges like the exchanges yeah like wazirx binance give them real money they buy tether from them and then what happens with that real money is anyone's guess like tether could be doing anything with that and the funny thing is that tether doesn't even own that money just like banks like you know banks don't own your deposits but you know they give out loans they make money from those deposits that's why you know banking is such a lucrative business but yeah like you know that's a different topic that's for some other time but mm-hmm. in an ideal scenario <laughs> tether would hold all its deposit in a safe place let's say a current account or a risk free bond like you mentioned not mm-hmm. even banks hold like 100% uh, of their reserves in cash equivalents so 
I'm not saying that Tether would also need to hold that, but where is that money? No one knows that. So there is a very big possibility that all that money, like, you know, $69 billion, 50 or 60% could be in Chinese commercial papers. And because we know the situation that China is in right now, the real estate market, those commercial papers could be worth just penny on the, on the dollar. Like when that's the funny part. So the way the Tether's latest attestation report came in and they said that they still, they still have 50% of the reserves in commercial paper only now it, it itself is worth $60 billion. So that 50% is also gone from 15 billion to $30 billion. And in the fine print in the footnotes, they said that they value their commercial paper and fixed income market positions at historical cost, not market value. So if they bought something for a hundred rupees, it is now available on the market for two rupees. They, they are still claiming it to be worth a hundred rupees. And we've seen with Evergrande and with other Chinese real estate bonds, some of their offshore and their onshore bonds, they were trading at 30, 35, 40% discounts. So if that is the case, then without any formal trades, without any actual managing of the assets, their reserves are already significantly watered down if they hold any, uh, anything close to Chinese real estate bonds. Like my main worry here is that what happens when let's say even 30 or 40% of everyone who is holding Tether right now starts to withdraw that money. Like I think Tether holdings would find themselves in a position where they can't pay that money back because if your money is blocked in commercial papers with a, like there's a fixed maturity to those instruments, you, you can't just withdraw commercial papers on a, on a short term notice, right? Those are long-term instruments as well. Like commercial papers range anywhere from 90 days to a year. So what's going to happen when people come knocking and they want to, you know, withdraw their money, then I think that's when the bubble will burst again. It's all speculation. Like we're talking about this on the podcast. We ourselves don't know where the money is it could be a very big possibility that out of that 69 billion, like they actually have 50% in reserves and you know, they can, they can easily liquidate the positions and they can pay back people. But again, we're just talking all rumors. And I think why, if those rumors are true, why Tether found itself in this position is because I think they got a bit greedy. Why would you go to commercial papers? If you can just put that money somewhere safe or just earn a risk-free rate of return from that money, right? You don't, you don't need to invest in commercial papers. If you can earn somewhere around four to 5%, I think even that is sufficient amount of money, sufficient amount of profits to distribute among the owners. But I think they got greedy. And like you said, no one was willing to do business with them. So they went where no one wanted to go to the Chinese commercial, the Chinese real estate. And I mean, that's, that's a very risky bet. I think And And this isn't even the end of the story. This is as you go deeper, it just gets hilarious at some point. No one has heard from the CEO in years, but the team is claiming that he's all good and fine. Their chief financial officer is a retired Italian dentist whose only uh, whose only existence on the internet is how he someone sued him for medical malpractice. I think apart from that, there is no reason to believe that he even exists, at least on the internet. And is he's this, the chief financial is officer. That, is that this guy called Devasini? Like, is yeah, that... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Oh. That's correct. 
yeah like i think it the report the bloomberg report did mention that this guy was actually caught somewhere like there was some sort of case ongoing with him and then the ceo of tether had actually given control like this cfo is controlling tether right now that's what i can understand but no one has heard from him like no one knows where exactly this guy is right now and they the report also mentioned that the bank that they're dealing with is in the bahamas or i don't know somewhere in a tax haven country so basically what happened with that was that they so initially the report the um, new york attorney general's report said that they didn't even have a banking partner for a while so then they said they were operating through other companies banks which is in essence money laundering but given that everything mm-hmm. else is going on i'll overlook that for a second so they said that their reserves were still there they were just in someone else's name and then once they got their partner so b- between the the three month period where they didn't have an official banking partner the only reserves that were connected with tether were uh, the cfo's personal account in montreal which at any given point did not hold more than 61 million dollars in it where the number of tether tokens that had been issued were more than 500 million dollars wow after that when they did get a banking partner so i think it was the deltech bank so they they were they were banking with them for a while and then something happened the uh, relationship soured or something and then they cut off ties and then the bank's uh, uh, top executive spoke in the bloomberg report that you mentioned and he said that the at any given point their bank account like deltech bank's account with tether did not hold more than 15% of the reserves and that was their mm-hmm. only official banking account to start with and which was in the bahamas so again which was also in the bahamas so again it's all it's all shady man like just very to, shady just to i don't know i i can't wrap my head around it it's it's a mess i would say like they are basically printing easy money like i don't know yeah. what what it takes to mint a tether they have minted 69 billion dollars worth of tether they have basically received that much real money with them and theoretically no, no theoretically and no one stopping them from minting more like in the next two months they the the figure could be 100 billion dollars or even 150 billion dollars so i i don't know when the train stops here and uh, let's see let's see how it goes it's like yeah. we and when uh, when the evergrand situation started popping up so tether because china, the chinese cryptocurrency market is huge as well china and its bitcoin bans are never ending it bans bitcoin every other year now it seems <laughs> so the, but clearly the user base is still there so tether is naturally big there as well because like we mentioned tether is being used uh, to get uh, money in and out of china at times as well so the tethers peg to the chinese yuan so that's just the usdt to usd peg but you just converted it to the chinese yuan you just used the market rate it was trading at a 15% discount to the actual usd chinese yuan peg two weeks ago just when evergrand crisis was revealed to be more serious than previously imagined so naturally something was up people were either exiting the market or something was happening but there is no clear explanation for it all right guys that's the end of part 1 of our series on tether there's more stuff awaiting in part 2 of the series where we'll take a deeper dive into some more interesting subtopics related to tether so you know don't don't forget to tune in to that episode all right see ya